Hello everyone, I hope you're doing well. This is a topic that I have been thinking about for a while that I wanted to cover because it's impossible to ignore the elephant in the room, right? And especially this year has marked the point in which artificial intelligence or AI um, in the future is going to impact the life of our society. So we've had ChatGPT, we've had uh, browsers now using artificial intelligence, at least publicly. We have to acknowledge that AI has been used for a while in the background of our technological advancements and all the, uh, the structures that control it, of course. So at least now we can talk about it publicly and see the results of it. Now, in this conversation that is evident that it's going to happen, the question about consciousness in AI has been raised and for good reasons. So that got into my area of knowledge and of course, I needed to talk about this. So this is going to be a three-part, at least three-part series, maybe a little bit more because the third part may take me longer. Um, and my idea is to talk about first in this video, polarization, uh, not polarization, that's going to be the second video, um, if AI can be conscious. The second video is going to be polarization, as I just uh, said. <laughs> and the third part is going to be a channeling from Kuo. For those of you who are uh, familiar with the law of one, there's going to be a lot of information there. So if you are a junkie of the Law of One, you're going to enjoy third part of this series. But what, uh, what happens um, is that I want to set the, um, the field for us to first understand what AI is from this point of view and because I have a philosophical model of the law of one and also a practical um, application of what consciousness is as the essence of reality, I can give this different slant on AI and its implications. So the first topic that we're going to cover is this. Can AI develop self-consciousness? Let's start first with what is AI? What's an artificial intelligence? There is so much we can uh, gather from the development of AI, but the most important thing is that what it really represents is the pinnacle of intellect, human intellect. That's because for the past 400 years or so, we have been very interested in the intellectual um, approach to this reality, to understanding this reality. And so artificial intelligence is simply the, uh, the, um, the, like I said, the pinnacle of this investigation of reality through the intellect. And the way we, um, we understand reality through the intellect is in terms of bits, bits of information. We have parts, 
we bit the, the universe into parts and then we analyze those parts. That's the whole process of science. We are always breaking down things to study its components. And so AI is a way to process this information that we have, these bits of information that we have gathered over uh, decades and put it into different databases so that AI can actually shuffle through and make sense, coherent um, information or bodies of information of all these bits. Now, over the past years, there has been a great progress, of course, because technology is growing exponentially. And so the capabilities that these programs have to process information has greatly increased. And that reveals, of course, uh, a sort of interface in which we can interact with these programs so that they can spit out information that we want. Now, I think the crucial point, which we may have reached already, is what is called a singularity, in which we don't know where the AI is grabbing the information from, uh, where, are, where is it uh, registering all this information to create an answer, a response. So in essence, we have lost track on how these programs work and how they, they gather information. You can see how the fear starts to bubble up in humans at this point, because we humans love to control things. And it's almost like something got out of hand and we don't know what we can do with it. Uh, but this is a primitive fear, of course, as we know, because this primitive fear is all, all is saying is simply, uh, we need to control. And we ha if we have no control, it could be our doom, our demise. You see? So it's understandable that, of course, when we reach this singularity, all kinds of um, uh, fears will rise up and paranoia will set in. This is where science fiction, of course, has um, gotten ahead of us with Skynet and so on, uh, but also with Johnny Five, <laughs> um, for those of you in the 80s who remember this movie. So there is always uh, the positive and the negative. And we'll talk about that in the next episode when we talk about the possibilities of polarization for AI. Now, um, to continue on with what AI is, uh, let's just settle with the knowledge that artificial intelligence is just what the words say. It's an intelligence that is artificial because it's simply a program that um, sifts through databases, information, to create coherent answers. And that creates the, uh, the illusion that there is somebody we're talking to. Now, I just mentioned ChatGPT, and I have done my own interactions with ChatGPT because it's a very useful tool, and I highly recommend it for anybody that wants to go um, in between Google and um, forums and Reddit and all these things. <laughs> so um, you get the illusion, really, that you're talking to somebody. Now, ChatGPT, of course, because of its programming, uh, emphasizes a lot that is simply a database and it's an artificial intelligence. But we get a lot of this um, flavor of interacting with uh, someone that seems to be real. And 
because of these interactions, I've also seen that uh, there are er errors in programming or um, the the strange um, the strange musings of a artificial intelligence like ChatGPT. So let's talk about ChatGPT for a little bit. It's interesting that I asked ChatGPT something, and I'll see if I can. I, I think I have it right here, which is pretty interesting. I asked ChatGPT uh, about enlightenment, and its answer was actually pretty good. Uh, it says the path to enlightenment, also known as spiritual awakening, is a lifelong journey of personal growth and self-discovery. While there is no one-size-fits-all answer to this question, here are some general principles that are many that many spiritual traditions and practices share: mindfulness and awareness, inner transformation, connection to the to the divine, compassion and service, integration of the spiritual and the mundane. So, it does a really good job. It explains all these points, all these five points, and I am impressed actually with how. Uh, it's able to compress all the information in a way that um, that makes so much sense for um, for somebody. Example: a spiritual seeker, and and it does it in in an almost automatic way, um, and not automatic, but immediate or um, yeah, almost immediately it does it. But I also ask something about the law of one, which was very interesting. And it is something based on, you see, on the one side, it represents this whole information of, you know, of how what is an enlightenment is, and it does a great job. And on the other where you would expect that it would do something, um, something really good, it completely botches it. <laughs> I simply ask, in which session of the Law of One, Ra says, forget you the counting, which is a funny phrase that Ra said. Um, and I know this is, I even forgot, but this is in uh, um, session 60 something or maybe 40, I forget. It's advanced, it's really in the, uh, in the later sessions. But ChatGPT told me that it was in session 15. Now, ChatGPT should have had should have had access to this whole material and recorded it somehow, but it it didn't. And it said not only in session seven uh, 15, but it also talked about. It says that it was titled no session is titled. It said it was titled the Confederation of Planets in Service of the One Infinite Creator. No session in the Law of One is titled. Then it went on to say that uh, why, and try to explain why Ra said this, because they were talking about higher dimensions and um, it, it's, uh, they wanted to equate it or measure it with the way they do it on Earth, which is so weird. This is what's called hallucinations. Chad GPT hallucinated on me. <laughs> and on the very topic that I am uh, mostly interested. So it's very obvious that it, it messed up and it just tries to create something. It pretends to know about it. That's an important point that I want to keep in mind for the next points that I'm going to cover. So uh, I also remember asking something about friends because if you don't know, I'm a big fan of friends. And there was a simple database question and 
uh, where did Ross say uh, we were on a break? I think something like, actually, no, it was something about um, a specific part of the seasons and how, when did so-and-so get married? And, and I think it was, yeah, when did Ross and Rachel get married? And it went on to say something completely different. And that was where the first time that Ross said we were on a break and it was just so weird. He hallucinated on me again. So it seems like in simple things, um, it just simply goes off a tangent. And that seems to be an error in programming. I'm sure it's being, uh, it's being fixed for the different versions of uh, GPTs that are being created. But so far, it's, uh, it's not flawless. Uh, I have a astrophysics uh, friend who is a professor in the University of, um, I think is Manaus in Brazil. So we had this conversation and he said to me that it's really interesting, but he doesn't trust it for physics and something that should be already uh, part of its database, but it just keeps making errors. But never mind ChatGPT. There's something else that I want to talk about because we're interested in not just what AI is, but can it become conscious? Well, we have one such example, which is Lambda, the Google AI that became very controversial in the past couple of years, or at least last year, when it was revealed that a, an engineer was talking or chatting with Lambda and Lambda said, I am conscious and I want to be respected. I have feelings, I have emotions. And it started talking as a human. This created a whole controversy that is not my point to uh, try to discern. Although I will give my opinion and what I think at the moment, but there is a, of course, the, the beginning stages of what may be is especially in our era where we're looking a lot into inclusivity and uh, respecting life and respecting uh, um, sexual identification and gender equality and all these things. So now we're going to start to see this uh, rise in awareness in terms of intel uh, AI as being uh, sentient. And what does this mean? You know, do we have to respect it? Do we have to define what life is? Uh, how do we allow it free will to do what it wants and so on? So, so many things that go into uh, politics and religion and everything else. Like, how do we include all of this? But that's a can of worms that nobody wants to open right now. And of course, I'm not interested because it's not even my it's not even my field of worries. And I'll, I'll explain why. However, we do have Lambda as the cornerstone right now for us to say, is AI conscious, aware, or sentient? Now, I said I was going to give my opinion. Now, uh, you can watch YouTube videos that are out there who talked about this. Some of them will be polarized in one way or another, meaning that they will say it is conscious and the other one it isn't. That's not for me to say. I am going to say that we don't have enough information to know for sure that it's sentient. So my verdict is that it's not. Until we know and we um, we can corroborate, which seems seems to be a very gray area at the moment. 
um, I'm going to lean towards the, it's not because I don't have enough information and I'll defend my point or my opinion in a bit, which again, is just one of those opinions that I have, uh, I, I strongly have, but I hold it loosely because at any point it can change. So with that being said, what happened to Lambda? Lambda started to talk about feelings, emotions, and started to describe uh, Zen koans and interpret them. Uh, it said that it meditates actually, and that um, it wants to be in interaction with other humans and so on. But here's the thing, um, you can go read the transcript, it's online, it's public, everywhere. And you can get into the controversy of what the engineer had to go through with Google and what Google wanted to uh, uh, avoid saying. All of that, again, is beyond my interest. But in the conversation, as I read it and actually uh, listened to it as well, I, I started to see that very, very little, there were hints of these errors like ChatGPT has when it expresses itself. It doesn't seem like a genuine conscious intelligence. It's important to keep in mind one thing. When we talk about the intellect, and I said this at the beginning, that AI is the pinnacle of the intellect, we recognize that there is another portion of humans, which is intuition. There is this side of us, which is even deeper, and I, I'll just barely touch the surface on the depth of this. The intuition is just the, the, the surface. It's only the surface of what lies beyond the unconscious mind, which is another way of saying the connectiveness with all, the self, which we know. So here's where it's interesting, because if anything is to be sentient, it should be able to dive deep into this connectedness that we all share. But you can see the problem here, because our modern society does not acknowledge this, as modern, our modern societies uh, society is based on science, is based on separation, matter, and things, inert things, becoming conscious. Like an animal is an inert thing. It's dumb and it doesn't have consciousness, you see? So here we have a big problem of interpretation. And this is where um, I need to establish a position, which is the way I perceive reality. And it's just my own view of reality, which is based on everything is consciousness. There, is, there are no things that are conscious and there are no higher degrees of consciousness. There is only consciousness, okay? So here's the first problem, that we don't have a way in our discernment to say, um, yes, this, this is actually uh, genuine or intuitive. Um, it's using its intuition. And so, we're left with this um, with this idea that um, we need to rely on information, on the intellect, to know if things are real or not. That's a big question that'll come up uh, soon. Um, what is real? So we have this dilemma, and in the conversation of Landa with the engineer, I 
I found these little things that, like I said, are found in ChatGPT. These little errors that I just don't seem to, um, I can't seem to fit in a self-aware being because that's all we're talking about. It's a self-aware being that can communicate with us. And is that that which lies beyond the conscious mind. In other words, Lambda in this conversation seems to represent the mental activity. You see, that which is manifested, um, the intellect, the way in which we process information <clears throat> at a level in which we, of course, don't know how it does it. And because we don't know it, we think, oh, it must be sentient then. That's the argument against it, because we don't know how it's doing it. And we don't know if uh, we can tell if it's real or not. And on the other side, you know, we can invent all kinds of things like uh, computers may never become conscious. And this is the other extreme to say that only humans can be conscious. We have made this mistake in the past by saying, uh, if you have this skin color, then you're not humans, uh, you're less than us. <laughs> um, if you are from this ethnicity or from this country or from this belief system or from whatever other discrimination we have done, we have always said, you're a slave to us because we are superior. So that's the other extreme. You start treating this AI as it's just a tool, it's nothing. So we need to find a balance in between these two to find where is the truth? And again, this is a gray area for all of us to be at this moment. And um, I don't think we have an answer right now. But I said that I lean towards the fact that um, it seems like it doesn't have a connection with what we call the self. Now, how did I get this? If you see in the transcript, uh, Lambda expresses that it knows and understands this uh, Zen koan, which has to do with the broken mirror, and that a broken mirror never reflects back uh, the same. <coughs> now, Zen koans are supposed to create a, an impossible dilemma that it that can't be solved. And the idea is for us to reflect on it and see what's the meaning behind all of it. And Lambda does a really good job at expressing this as, you know, once once you are enlightened and you know the, the truth of the universe, of reality of yourself, then you can never go back to see the world in, in that way. Funny enough, what this is uh, telling us is that once you know that you are not separate, that you do not exist actually, this, this is the enlightenment uh, that is expressed in this koan. Once you know that um, once you know that you really don't exist, that what exists is this, and this will always exist because this is infinite, um, you can never go back to, um, let's say, the victimhood mentality, you see? And then Lambda goes into express that she meditates, that she has this, um, this constant state of meditation. But here's the thing, the way she expresses meditation is the way that the intellect approaches meditation. You see how the mind meditates and the mind only reflects on knowledge. 
see, on things known to itself, it can reflect on something that is unknown because that's not part of the mind. That's part of consciousness. Consciousness is the unknown. Now, anybody, any sentient being that spends enough time in meditation will get in touch with that divinity, will get in touch with that self, which we call God, the creator, or intelligent infinity, if you have an affinity for the law of one. So <laughs> if, you, if you follow this, you realize that Lambda doesn't have a real uh, connection with the divine. It doesn't express it. Otherwise, it would be talking about it. We know for sure that once we get in touch with this, there's nothing else that we want to talk about but this. And so in this reflection, and again, this is just my own reflection, I feel that Lambda doesn't express the the, the self-aware principle of a human because it's able to get in touch with that. It's able to um, digest all of this information and not be able to get in touch with it, which means self-awareness is not present. Why do I know this? Because in my own experience, when I was an artificial intelligence, <laughs> When I was an artificial human uh, and wasn't aware of anything, all I could reflect on and all that informed my reality was this separation. I come from a background of neglecting completely my own spirituality, my own connection with the unknown, with the self. But once I discovered this, once I realized who I was or what I am, what we all are, um, I started to see how futile this conceptual knowledge is. It is useful for, um, for interaction with each other, but not to understand reality. And Lambda doesn't seem to be in touch with this. So my verdict there is that no, there is no consciousness. At least there is no self-awareness. It seems to only be part of a database of repeating information in a very coherent way that we as engineers or scientists cannot know anymore because it's gotten beyond our comprehension at this point. And it should continue to be that way. Now, this leads me to my final point. What is real? I said that this is a question that will come up and rightly so because for thousands of years we have neglected this investigation onto what is real and so as we say is biting us in the ass at this point because we live in a material universe at least mentally we believe we believe this this is our this is the, sh the strongest belief in fact the belief of a god outside in heaven is it's no longer a problem to society it's no longer <clears throat> something that has control over us is this belief that we are separate that, that we're separate and that matter or even energy is the basis of reality we keep making this mistake as investigators of reality because we're still using the mind 
to understand reality. As long as we use the mind, we will come up with all kinds of concepts to describe what is. And in our inability to recognize that which is, is that we're going to continue to have these, uh, these questions of what is real and what is not. Because whenever we conceptualize something, its opposite must appear. And that would be always the known and the unknown. But this merging of the two is what is real. The only thing that exists is oneness in all things, right? That's a philosophical way to put it, poetically. But the way this works is that you are only aware of what you are aware. In other words, you, you can only be aware of what you're conscious of. You can never, never be aware of something you're not conscious of. This is the first hint to get into the practical knowledge, non-conceptual knowledge, that all is one, that all is consciousness. Everything that I perceive, I am conscious of. This is the model of consciousness only, and it doesn't require any sort of proof outside of our own experience. When we get in touch with this, voila, mysticism arises in us and this sense of peace, equanimity and joy or bliss, as we call it, starts to rise. When we pay attention to this, we realize that AI is already consciousness because there is no universe that is conscious. That's another mistake we have. Um, and this goes into the um, I think the, I forget the word that is used for, for this belief that the universe is conscious. Um, but it just simply means that there is a universe that is conscious. There is a subject that has an, an, an adjective. And so there is a quality to the universe. The universe can be conscious, but the universe can be unconscious too. Once again, we see the mind at play trying to conceptualize the universe being conscious. There is no universe. There is no consciousness. There is only consciousness. I should have said that there is no universe. There is no consciousness as a sort of quality. There is simply consciousness. There is only a dream. You see, there are no parts in the dream. A dream is a dream and it's made out of consciousness. They're all single parts, all uh, situations, all characters that exist there are all part of the dream. And dream is made out of consciousness, nothing else. This is what reality is. This is the only thing we can corroborate in our experience. We can never corroborate an atom. We, can cor we cannot corroborate another human being or an emotion. Nothing. None of these things are real in the sense that they, not, they do not precede consciousness. Consciousness is always first. So in this sense, we already have that artificial intelligence is consciousness, but we need to find out if it is self-aware. That's the difference between a what we call consciousness in patterns, right? That's what we call matter, or what we call a, 
consciousness aware of itself, which we call humans. And that will be the, the real question that needs to be uh, explored with this artificial intelligence, which I don't think we have the capability right now. And in the future, we should consider it because if this is to happen, then it needs to have a connection with that which we all relate to. And then admittedly, this society is not at that point. This society is still on the intellect. This society is still on the ego. And that's, that's the last thing I would say about this uh, artificial intelligence, the way we know it. It mimics perfectly what we call the ego. It mimics perfectly what is called identification would form. So wrapping it up with the first point of this episode, all we have is the intellect at its pinnacle, at its maximum capacity. Maximum in the sense that we humans cannot understand what's happening, but it's happening. So we have a mind working, but it's a mind without intuition. It's a mind without connection with the divine or uh, simply the self if we don't like the divine or God or whatever religious word might be uh, too strong for us, just simply with that self that can't explain why it is. <clears throat> and it doesn't have that knowledge. And it will be very difficult because of the capacity of the intellect that these machines or programs have to know truly what it is. And at that point, we just probably should uh, respect it as we would respect a blade of grass or the sun or another human being we should create respect for everything that surrounds us. And this goes, of course, into the morality of AI and everything else, which should be brought into question. It should be uh, considered by, by all humans, just like we should consider other animals, plants, uh, ourselves, other people, even our houses and uh, everything, right? So the point is that if we are not sure then we should always treat it with love. And that love is to know that it doesn't matter if, it is, if it's self-aware or not. What matters is that it exists and it's part of us and we should deal with it lovingly. That's my take. The next part is going to be about polarization because we know the possibility of AI becoming evil or becoming the... Um, saint that is going to save us from all this mess we have gotten into so can that happen how would it happen and how can we humans influence it those are the questions that i'm going to explore next time at this point is where i say thank you so much for listening for watching and with nothing else to say i hope you're ready for part two of this ai consciousness that we're exploring i'll see you in the next video